Today actually marks 22 years of me being married to the one and only Dr. Ray King. And uh, she wasn't a doctor when I met her. (laughs) We were just high school students. We've actually been together for 26 years and married for 22 of those. We were such young kids when we first met. Uh, we probably would have got married right away, but <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's legal. I don't know if kids can marry each other, but uh, we were that into each other. And today, in some ways, uh, this is not only an ode to her and to us, but it's an ode to marriage. And I'm gonna be super transparent. I'm not gonna tell all my business. Uh, uh, she would not like that, and doubly so not on our anniversary. I just want to keep it real today. I want to unpack and explain what we've got. All right. This is Sean King and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. There is nothing that gets me as excited as I do when I see people in love on my timeline. On Instagram, I see it all the time. One thing I'm, I always love is when two people I follow that I didn't know were even together, two people I follow fall in love and get married. <laughs> and and I always tell them, I try to DM them both and say, listen, uh, my wife and I have been married for decades at this point and we've literally been married our entire adult lives and it's a beautiful thing it's also difficult because marriage in a lot of ways is like a mirror to yourself where it requires you to be your best way more than being single ever would like marriage requires you to not be rude, to not be mean, to not be selfish. And if you are rude or mean or selfish or fill in the blank, whatever adjective you want to put there, it's only a matter of time until that thing is going to come back. It's either going to cause anger or despair or frustration, or it's going to cause somebody to want to leave. And marriage, I think, makes everybody better. It doesn't always feel that way. Like I have openly said, I could imagine that I'm difficult to be married to. Not not because I'm difficult at home necessarily, but because of who I am. And let me say, I'm I'm not perfect at home. (laughs) You know, I try to carry my weight at home, but being married to, to who I am publicly it's a real burden. Like it comes with way too much drama, way more drama than we deserve, to be honest. But my wife does it anyway. And, you know, I just want anybody who's married or who's thinking about being married, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. My marriage to Ray has not been smooth sailing. It has not It has not been a perfect straight line. It has not been a line that's just steadily inclined as we just get better and better and better and better. It's been a rocky road. And a lot of that is my fault. 
And some of that is hers. I hope you hear how I said that. A lot of it's my fault. And some of it is her fault. We had, Listen, we haven't had infidelity. And so let me just push that off the table. I don't want you to think I'm inferring that. But the problems we've had have been, you know, sometimes just as difficult. Like we've been forced to move from our home because bigots showed up at our doorstep. Bigots came up our backyard to try to terrorize my family. Like it's hard to, it's hard to stick with somebody through all of that. And not just those things. Like I have had huge public successes and huge public failures. I'm a very public figure. And for those, that, for those of you that have known me for more than a few years, I've been a public figure my entire adult life. When I was a student leader at Morehouse College, I was probably the most famous student in the AUC. Uh, the only person who might have been more famous than me in the AUC back then um, might have been Keisha Knight Pulliam, <laughs> who many of you knew as Rudy on the Cosby Show. But, you know, as a student leader, um, I was as well known, I was as viral as a student leader could be back then. And, and from all the way back then, from 1997 until this morning, I've been a very public leader. I've been speaking truth to power and challenging people in authority and frequently causing trouble. And my wife has stuck through all of that. We both have made mistakes that we regret. We both have said things that are almost impossible to take back. Once your words leave your mouth, you're really no longer in control of what they do. I have said things I regret and she has said things she's regretted. I've made decisions that I wish I could take back. And Now, listen, when I hear people say, you know what? When I look back on my life, I wouldn't change a thing. And I tend to call BS on that. <laughs> I don't mean that there weren't lessons I learned from everything. I've learned lessons from the good and the bad. And so I try to absorb those lessons all the time. But I've made so many mistakes. I wish I knew in my teens and 20s and 30s what I now know at 44. Like, I wish I had my 44-year-old wisdom in my 20s or 30s. But I didn't. That's not how life works. It took a lot of hard-earned lessons for me to get where I am today. And, you know, I just want to, you know, one... this is going to be funny to a lot of you, but my wife doesn't listen to this. I can, <laughs> I can say anything I want on here about her. In fact, if I ever want to make sure that she doesn't hear something I'm talking about, I could just put it on this podcast because she doesn't listen to this podcast. She lives with me. There's hardly a thing I could ever say that I didn't already workshop with her first. <laughs> you know, she is the first person to hear my, my thoughts, my ideas, all of those things normally I filter through her way before they make it to the podcast. But I just want to say to you all how much I love and care and adore my wife and how grateful I am that we have been able to push through highs and lows, ups and downs, and every other thing you can think of. 
Now, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors, but to end the podcast, I want to quickly change gears here. I want to shift into a completely different story. There's something that's happening in Chicago. I just posted about it on my Instagram, but I want you to hear it from my voice, okay? I'll be right back. If you go to my Instagram page, you'll see a a post that I just made on this, and you can kind of see what I wrote to frame it there. But I want you to hear what I'm about to say in my own words, with my own voice and tone. As you may know, millions of immigrants have come into the United States from countries that are struggling all over the world. Some of those countries are having their own civil wars and just extreme violence. When I say extreme violence, I mean a violence that's even more extreme than the violence we experience here, although the violence we experience here is extreme. So millions of immigrants, including you know a huge percentage of them being women and children, have crossed the borders, and in those border states, like Texas, they are literally busing and flying those immigrants to cities controlled by Democrats, like New York City, like Chicago, Illinois. And Chicago just announced something, and I want to give you my honest, nuanced take on this. The city of Chicago just announced that it's going to pay $29 million for the construction of what's being called a temporary tent city for immigrants and migrants that are brought to Chicago. And I want you to hear from me. I have a huge heart for migrants and immigrants and people that come here from other countries, no matter what the conditions, but particularly when they're fleeing something horrible to get here. And I'm actually glad that Chicago is doing this. Take care of those immigrants in New York, in Chicago. Please take care of them. But something else is happening simultaneously in Chicago. Literal tents of homeless men, women, and children in Chicago, of Chicago's citizens, those tents are being torn down. And when you tear down the tents of your own homeless people, to then spend $29 million to build what you're calling a tent city for migrants, that's going to cause a problem. When you are closing down schools in Chicago, but spending $29 million on a tent city for migrants that just got there, it's going to cause a problem. When you're closing down community centers, when you couldn't even find lifeguards to man the pools across New York City and Chicago. But then find a way to spend tens of millions, and in New York City's case, hundreds of millions of dollars to house migrants and immigrants. When you do that, but neglect and underfund and underdevelop the people that already lived there, what that's going to cause is anti-immigrant hate. And those migrants who are literally exhausted from what they just had to endure to get here, they are sweet, kind, marginalized people. 
that need our love and support, period. But when you love and support them with tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, while simultaneously abusing and underdeveloping the people that were already there, people are going to see that and it's going to cause a level of hate that those migrants do not deserve. If you're going to help those migrants, you have to show that you're doing the same level of care and support, that you have the same sentiment for the people that are already there. You can't tear down one group of people's tents while then building a tent city for another. It's going to set people off. All I want to say, and I'm closing on this, is you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. And let's be real. That's not too much to ask. Go check out my post on Instagram. You can see my thoughts there, maybe even in greater detail. But I just wanted you to hear my voice about this today. I got to run. Love and appreciate all of you. And happy anniversary to my dear wife. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day. We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist, Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Mom.